Welcome back to our continued studies in Proverbs. We're going to look at what is taught in the book of Proverbs about money, material things, our attitudes, attachment, warnings, all about money. I remember saying to the class in the beginning of these studies that the wisdom available to us in Proverbs is wide-ranging, covering virtually every aspect of earthly life. We've recently looked at family life, friends, pride, and humility. Early in Proverbs, we studied a lot there about temptation and the call to wise living in general. Proverbs is a call to those who fear the Lord to know how to think, speak, act, to be wise as determined by the Lord. So money is a part of life on earth. And just here, I'll repeat a warning given earlier. When you see the word wealth or riches, there is an almost automatic impulse where we say to ourselves, I'm not rich, I'm not wealthy. We don't think of ourselves as rich. Let me say two things about that before we begin this study. One, relative to the world's population, most of us are rich. In the sense, we have far more than what many have. Two, to be greedy or covetous has never been about the amount we have or want to have. It's all about appetite, priorities, and what we consider to be real treasure. So as we enter this study, let's not dismiss these passages because of our immediate perception of our level of income. This is wisdom for all of us about matters material and financial. I've selected several passages for us to focus on, beginning with Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. Proverbs 10 and verse 4. Four, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. This makes a vital connection between our work, our application of energy and responsibility to what we have. If you are poor because of injustice, disability, or other matters outside your control, that's one thing no fault is to be assigned to you. But if you just don't get up and do what you're able to do, if you are lazy, that's something else, and it goes against the biblical principle of responsibility, individual responsibility, taught everywhere in God's Word. God made us for good, hard work to provide our needs and take care of people we are responsible for. We are a people in this country who have inherited great privilege. After World War II, people came home and settled into responsibilities and diligently applied themselves to create the economy that has driven this country for over 70 years. Most of us, most people can get a job, though it may not be at the top. Certainly right now, May of 2020, we are in an unusual time as far as employment and economics are concerned, but I still see opportunity. And if you worked hard and were prudent before this crisis, 
you are surviving now. Proverbs echoes what the Bible says over and over, that God expects us to be responsible, to work and not be slack and dependent on others. The hand of the diligent is commended in this proverb. Along with that, I'll now add Proverbs 12, 11. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 11. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. One modern translation captures the last part of that, a person who chases fantasies. I'll tell you the picture I get is this, an able-bodied young man in his early 20s in his parents' basement, sleeping till noon, playing video games all day, expecting his parents to feed him or the government to support him. The biblical standard is you get up every day and do what you're able to do. That's what God wants. Our culture, I fear, has made it so easy to do otherwise. You don't pound the pavement looking for a job anymore. You can sit in your bedroom in your pajamas on a computer half-dressed and fill out a job application online and just wait around for a call. You can get government benefits, even if you're able-bodied. There is a sweet but foolish sentiment that feels sorry for the poor young man who doesn't have a job but hasn't really tried and will not start at the entry level. No, he has to have something higher. I fear our modern culture does not really promote being hardworking, productive, and energetic. In the Bible, from God, there is a strong work ethic. In order to have what you need, support your family and support the Lord's work and help others. Next, Proverbs 13, 11. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Well, here's something that really irritates me. But what's more important, it is offensive to God. When people sit around waiting for a windfall, get rich quick or play the lottery, some dream source of millions is just around the corner. Wealth gained hastily. It either never comes or it dwindles as quick as it came. How about intelligent planning, education, effort applied little by little toward increase? Yes, that's the way of wisdom. Proverbs 15, 16, and 17. Proverbs 15, 16, and 17. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Well, this came up in a recent study about families sitting around a full table of rich gourmet food but without love for each other. 
and therefore miserable. Same idea here. If you have great treasure, abundance, the best kind of food, best kind of transportation, an elaborate expensive house, a flush bank account, and wealth stored up for the future but without God in your life, Ecclesiastes says that that is vanity. What's most important? The fear of the Lord, even if all you have for dinner is spam, beans, and water. This is one of those passages in Proverbs that signals value. It's talking about what is better. It should cause us to think and maybe project a little. What if I was a billionaire but lost in sin, didn't have the Lord? Vanity of vanities. Proverbs 28 verse 25, A greedy man stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. The kind of riches we need is not in dollars, it is in blessings from God. Greed and strife block us from being spiritually blessed and wealthy spiritually. And observe how these two things are connected. If someone is greedy, selfish, grasping, and covetous, they find themselves in constant conflict with others. The phrase translated greedy literally means wide of appetite. Here is the kind of person who wants to get his hands on everything attractive, anything that will enrich or feed his desire. When we apply wisdom from God and we follow the example of Christ, we are not greedy, we are generous. We are not inclined towards strife, we are motivated by love and we value compassion and unity. One more. Proverbs 20, 23. Unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord, and false scales are not good. This is all about the integrity, the honesty that every child of God knows he or she ought to have. Deal fairly in all matters of life, including financial. Let us be people who carefully avoid cutting corners, cheating, false advertising, Ponzi schemes, illegal tricks, or not reporting income for tax purposes. Paul said in Ephesians 4.28, If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Wisdom from Proverbs about our use of money and our general attitude about material things. I have four quick points about money before I close. I want you to write down or remember these four words, and then I'm going to take you to Scripture about them. Four words about matters financial, ownership, stewardship, partnership, and citizenship. Listen carefully. Ownership. Who owns everything? The answer is God. 
Deuteronomy 10:14 To the Lord your God belong the heavens even the highest heavens the earth and everything in it Proverbs 50 and verse 10 For every animal of the forest is mine says the Lord and the cattle on a thousand hills Proverbs 50 and verse 12 God says the world is mine and all that is in it King David understood this very well, as written in 1 Chronicles 29, 12-16, where he said to God, Wealth and honor come from thee. So when you think about matters financial or material things in general, what you have, what you claim that you own, no, God owns everything. We get to use it for a little while, and that takes me to number two, stewardship. Whatever God allows you to have while you're here, you take responsibility for. And you use it according to his wisdom. Attached to that responsibility is your reverence for God that you must give account to. That's stewardship. I must be a good user without thinking or claiming that I'm an owner. God owns everything I'm just a steward of what he allows me to have for a little while. And it is required of stewards that one be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. Partnership. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20, 35. I want us to think of giving in terms of partnership. And what I'm talking about here has several dimensions to it. God gives to you. You give to others, joining with other good givers to meet legitimate needs. Let's think of that generosity or benevolence in terms of partnership. Our partnership is our giving of what God has entrusted us with for the benefit of others For the work of the local church, joining with others who are united with us in generosity. So think about money and material things in terms of God's ownership, our stewardship, partnership with others, and then citizenship. I know you're familiar with the song, This World is Not My Home. And I know you're familiar with the passage in Philippians 3.20, that our citizenship is in heaven. If we can just remember that when we are writing checks and making investments and responding to needs and teaching our children about money, giving to the Lord's work, it is short-sighted to make financial decisions that account only for our temporal existence. It is like leaving something out that is real and to be reckoned with when we make financial decisions without accounting for our higher citizenship in heaven. So when you think of money and material things, think of God's ownership, our stewardship, our partnership with others in being generous, and our higher citizenship in heaven. And so as I close, I take us back to an earlier passage we studied. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. 
Thank you for listening.